0: Welcome to the Take 92 Podcast. This is Sammy Warmhands. I am your host. And today, I've got one of the greatest MCs you've never heard. He goes by the name Jay Philly, a.k.a. Phil DeBeast, because he is a beast. Let me tell you, he's part of the Cave Dwellers. He's part of Dusted Temple with my good friend, Webb who's going to be on the show soon, and we're going to talk about how he grew up as a Christian rapper, and then became a mentee by a veteran in the scene, and became an absolute microphone beast of his own. I apologize if I'm a little hoarse. It's all good. Um, I've been uh, in the studio every day, like I was telling you, last night played a punk rock show Yeah. with DFS, yeah. my voice a little shot Yeah. today. It's all good. When I was at work, I felt like people were probably interpreting me more negatively than intended. Yeah, because I don't give them a lot of fluffy like,
1: you know, yeah. how's
0: your day, <laughs> you, know, you know, I'm very to the point anyway. And so, That's like, right. with the lower like Raspier, yeah, I felt like I, I, I think people are really reading me wrong today. Like I'm coming off extra harsh, but yeah. Anyway, here we are. We made it. Yes, we've been talking about doing this for a long time. I think
1: it's been a little over a year. Probably. Yeah. Probably. When you you hinted at it.
0: Yeah. I I don't see a lot of you these days. I know.
1: I'm not in people's eyes anymore. You were out of hibernation. Yes. Now you're back in in it. I'm in. And it's, yeah, it's been way too long. And (laughs) uh, I've I've been trying to uh, just find the right time, you know, juggling all the DIY Music shit with the 40-hour work week. I mean, yeah. It's the juggle struggle.
0: The impossible balance. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's it's what we all s- strive to do and then maybe think we figured it out for a second. And yeah, then, yeah. you know, you just, you never perfect it. Yeah. I don't. Exactly. Anyway. <laughs> but uh, back to your, your origin story. I first yeah. met you uh, probably 20... Ten, maybe 2009 something like that i think so um we're doing the cave dwellers thing it was at a party and and, um was it one of the fathoms parties is that what it was it was or was it i think something like that i remember being excited that big b had a new group yes and um, we had just formed like voltron so yeah i do want to get into that because we play a lot of shows the cave dwellers and the illusionists i and uh, I want to get into what you're doing nowadays with Web because that yeah. shit is awesome. Yeah. And uh, that's <laughs> called Dusted Temple, if you guys don't know. Just dropped that that's debut right. album a uh, couple months ago. Super fun time, too. Yeah. I'm on most of the tracks. Well, I'm on
1: all the tracks, but I'm on most of them by myself. We, I think we got two
0: features. We got. Ogar, Ogar and, and Mets, right? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, free Mets.
0: Yeah. Um yeah. so anyway, I want to get into all that, but being that that was my introduction to you oh, back in yes. the Cave dwellers, yes, yes. I want to know how you got started because Oh yeah. You we can take it way back. You are <laughs> in my eyes like one of the most I won't say underrated because it's not mm-hmm. like people who have heard you yeah. are like, man, eh, he's all right. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like you're a diamond in the rough is yeah. what it is. I feel yeah. like you're a monster in the studio. Yeah, you'll occasionally step on stage, <laughs> but for the yeah. most part, it's just like you know you keep that talent to yourself. So I want to know mm. wh- what was your origin to hip hop? Like oh, how wow. did how did how yeah. did that begin? What caught your attention to make you go like? Oh, long, I want to do time ago. that. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I got to cite my dad on this, and he always was listening to music whenever we were at home. My mom was at work. He was, uh, uh, he'd was. he have us during the day, and he would just go through his long collection of 80s rock and hairband music and uh You know 70s classic rock and it got me interested uh, I could already tell that you know just by drumming on everything that I could form a a beat and so uh, the 90s is where when it hit me when I actually turned from rock to hip-hop yeah you know it's what everyone was wanting to hear do you remember something that that was like oh I gotta hear more of this. Uh, De La Soul. All right. I was dancing to De La Soul, Beastie Boys and yeah. uh all that like early nineties. Okay. Late eighties, early nineties. And I was I was born in eighty four, so Yeah, I was gonna say we're about the young, same age, yeah. Young ass child. And then uh the the first thing that like I start getting into, you know, rappers that came before the ones that were right now on the radio you yeah know? and so i i started looking into the the older heads you know uh the the technical because it, it was about 97 when everything started getting flashy yeah the, the no
0: limit era yeah, yeah yeah
1: yes and the bad boy yep era and the flash, shiny suits and all that mm-hmm. uh, yeah that's when it, I started getting rap CDs instead of rock CDs. Mm-hmm. And then I started writing one, once I heard Big Pun. Mm.
0: He was what was current. And, then, and, and for mainstream, you don't hear stuff with that technical level yeah. a lot. Like. Oh,
1: oh, oh, man. Yeah. yeah. And so it's it Big Pun and Tech 9 at the same time. And they're both super lyrical nice. and super technical. I guess I didn't realize Tech had been around that long. Yeah, he's been doing stuff since I think the '80s. Damn, like that's impressive. Hardest working dude.
0: Yeah, I mean, Respect he's he's definitely heck. got his yeah. following. His yeah. his whole roster has a yeah. following because of that. It's all that amazing leg work, nowadays. But, but um, um, so when you were digging back a little bit, who was your? Um, did you have a mentor in any way, or did you just go to the record store and dig? Or, or I did. Yeah? I, I I didn't have a mentor until I met Big Baloo.
1: I didn't really have a anyone overlooking and and saying, you know, until I got my first, you know, producer, which Yeah. Yeah, that was that was something fun as well. I was just figuring shit out, you know. Yeah. uh in the industry and the local scene like my influence was always finding out the origins like before any before anyone was even looking back you know
0: so you're going back into like the rock hymns and the cool g rap yes, and yes. big daddy kane and that, that's right that stuff
1: rock him especially
0: yeah because he's
1: that dope t- technical mc yeah you know and uh a game-changing
0: yeah. one too like krs1 it. one thing that was interesting GDP. for me about going back uh-huh. is that i was trying to see it from the perspective of an MC. like i'm trying yeah. to see it from the perspective of uh you know if you listen to slick rick mm. now yeah. <laughs> and you're just the average person you're like what the fuck is this yeah yeah honestly yeah i mean they're good party jams and whatever but like Definitely, you listen to yeah. it and like okay this is weird yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, right and so uh if you try to put yourself in that headspace of like okay I'm hearing this in 1986. Mm-hmm. What's going on at that time? Like, yeah. who's telling stories like this? You exactly. know, or, or if you listen to Rock Kim, it's like who has patterns like this? True. Nobody. You know, That's you right. come off of like sucker MCs, mm-hmm. and then you listen to Paid in Full, and yeah. you're like, okay, this Yo. is some otherworldly yeah. shit for that time. You can't compare it to Tech Nine nowadays. You know, for you got to think about it from like an evolutionary perspective and like once i was into that man like that education was exciting mm-hmm. like it was oh, yeah. fun to yeah. to like that's where that came from <laughs> oh shit or like you start listening to bdp a lot and you're like yeah. oh man i heard this guy referenced them this guy that's referenced right. them this guy referenced. like you're starting to hear music that you listen to regularly mm-hmm. with a deeper appreciation because you're now hearing the things that they reference in the first place you know it's like <laughs> Yeah, uh, that that whole trip was so fun for me, man. Like, yeah, um, oh yeah, and I'm still exploring.
1: Yeah, because you know, it, there's there's still old heads that you don't even think about, and and you know, you you might have heard one of their singles from way back, and then you're like, yep. you know, you kind of run across it and run back, and you're like, oh, I've heard that sample like five different ways and five different beats, like. This is dope. Where did you know, it come from? You, and that's that's when I started getting into like DJing, mm-hmm. and and uh, I was always uh, around the the older stuff that they were sampling, anyways, because my dad was listening to it uh, with us in the living room dancing to it. So and, you already had the context yeah. for a lot of it. Yes, yes. And so I was familiar, yeah. and uh, it it looked like uh, a great way to have fun and make money at the same time.
0: Yeah. So when did you actually start putting pen to paper and fucking with your own ideas? That was in in school. I was always
1: uh, a writer. Mm-hmm. You know, I uh, structure was a big thing for me, and just even you know putting the formula on how to tell a story or how to write a story was always a big thing in my education. I was in tune with writing and, and as I was learning music, always self taught. Did you play any other instruments
0: or was it strictly lyrical for you?
1: Uh I started by playing the drums. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. I uh I, I picked up the drums in sixth grade. I did band and jazz band, drum line in high school. Nice. For a little bit, like two trimesters and I dropped out of that. I went to Willamette for. Was it like?
0: Yeah. Was it like a real like drum corps thing where you, you're really really learning the technical shit? No. Well, okay.
1: I, I was I was learning how to cope with being the biggest fucking bass drum, <laughs> and a freshman at the same time, and okay. that's why I was the biggest bass drum. Uh, right. Was because you know the noobs get initiated, yeah, and I. T- I was a big kid, anyway. I was a fat kid for life, you know. Yeah. They're like, yeah, he's a big boy. He can. It's not gonna can knock you over. It. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. And fuckers. I mean, yeah. Yeah. If they do a gym class lineup in band, they're like, and you tuba. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> you flute. Like, oh come on, man.
1: Yeah. That's right. You played the recorder. Now we're gonna uh, switch over to clarinet in middle school, and that way you'll be able to, you know. Now that we've given you your position, you will fall into place. That's you will your be trajectory. the cog that, you know, that uh turns with the
0: rest of them. Yeah. So, so I could see how that didn't stick y- for you. No,
1: no. I'm rebellious by nature. <laughs> and so you can't tell me shit. Yeah. And uh, so I dropped out of high school. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, just, I never did homework or anything. Yeah. That's something I go back uh, later on in life, saying, you know, that's something I should have paid attention to. Yeah, is, uh, uh, is my education.
0: That's but, an interesting line to to walk, though. Yeah, having that fascination with language, mm-hmm. and no doubt excelling, I'm sure, in those areas. Yeah, and then the other. Part of like okay yeah but i'm not your clay to mold like fuck yeah. off yeah you know <laughs> and it was like okay yeah, yeah. I, i'm definitely getting something out of this but mm-hmm. like you guys need to back off with this other shit you yeah know? and i think that's a push and pull for a lot of people of like, yeah and that was it was very hard to deal with that shit
1: growing up in a christian family yeah i mean respect if you need some work on your life and you need to give it to the universal being that whatever created us you know yeah i'm not even a part of that community anymore but uh growing up that's how i started out as an mc was being a christian rapper
0: well and i was going to ask you i mean you use the word community which i think Mm -hmm. has they have a lot of baggage in positive and negative ways and I, i wonder if that was, obviously, you did say you started as a Christian rapper, so mm-hmm. we'll we'll get to that. But, yeah. But um, I'm curious also if the hip-hop that you were gravitating toward might have caused conflict in that circle as well. It definitely did. Yeah? Old, older people
1: in the church never wanted me around. Really? Uh, yeah. And, and until everyone was down with it and seeing that it was... Used as a ministry tool, yeah. No one was on board. Like every, you get the scowls, and really? you know, like, and I always wore a hat in church. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I, I, you know, I know it's an old tradition that needs to die anyway. You know, so like church attire, you have to conform. And there was a certain level
0: that I just never could. Depending on who you're talking to or which church you attend, mm-hmm. they they can either be very strict, yeah, or on rare occasion you'll find those places, those places that are more come as you are and they're more like you can be who you are. Yeah. You know, and be yourself <laughs> yeah. and still learn something here, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't have access to that route and so they feel like they're a little bit boxed in. Yeah. Um yeah. kinda kinda like that. So, at a certain point, more people are starting to uh, come around, or is it you that's leading it toward ministry, or how does that transition occur? So, uh, when I started doing it, and I've been around
1: just about every church in Eugene. Mm -hmm. It was always, you have to uh, have the youth group involved. I was a kid at the time, you know, I started when I was... Fourteen, I think, is the, my first onstage appearance. Yeah. It was the church, and then I just kept, I just kept at it. I had friends that were rappers as well, mm-hmm. uh, going to the same church in the same youth group, and uh, so you know when I finally reached a church that I could you know do something any kind of, you know, this is my music. Yeah. Do I have to play the drums for worship team in order to get a spot on stage so I can go up and rap? Yeah. You know? It was always stereotypes that were holding me back from growth in
0: the music ministry. So when you did get to perform, was it in the context of the youth group Or was it in the context of like the Sunday services or how often were you performing and and how did that happen? My first established church here Mm -hmm. in Eugene, you know, I'd
1: seen like 10 or 10 to 20 before that. Yeah. I went to this one. They let me on stage with my friend and we rapped over a, a Master P beat.
0: So you're doing originals at this point already? Original lyrics, yes. Yeah. We didn't know anything about making beats. Of course, yeah. You know. Yeah, nobody Mid-90s did at that age, to, man. Like, yeah. Nobody's making yeah. Fruity Loops at that time. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Actually, Fruity Loops was my first uh, Da. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's what God Bro
0: started on, man. That's right. That's yeah. right.
1: It's a good program. Yeah. Still, FL Studio is still, like, there's still beats on the radio that are made yeah. in the FL Studio. So, but, uh, yeah, we had no idea. And so we we took, uh, you know, we made pause tapes before uh, instrumentals made it out onto CDs. Like, yeah. they started doing the singles with the instrumentals and the extended play and the radio mm-hmm. and the studio version. And, you know, like, I of the else. same single. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. you go to Sam Goody, you go to yep. uh, all the CD stores, CD World, and pick up just the single. Yeah. And, I would always find, you know, just the right speed, you know, just the right w- whatever to put our lyrics to. And it's like, Jesus, Jesus, da, 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 white kid. Yeah. You know? and, <laughs> you're little. You're starting out. <laughs> yeah, man. exactly. Yeah. And so, so I guess my mentor at the time was my friend Derek. He goes by Insight now. He was a real good influence. He was two years older than I am. You know, we always beatboxed and okay. and would try freestyle. I always, I still suck at freestyling, but yeah, like uh, we me would too. just <laughs> cipher it up in his room and you know, and ask his mom to make us like pizza bagels or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. So he was the influence. It it brought in like it showed me that I could really do this. Uh, in a sense, he was my mentor. We were learning
0: together. He's your Obi Wan. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he was. Uh, the play to my kid so <laughs> yeah. yeah well again so so how are you guys doing your uh your performances so his dad was the youth leader mm-hmm. but we
1: i remember going and having to um submit lyrics
0: you have oh, to like explain your bars yes and stuff
1: yes oh man kind of you know we would have a, a meeting pretty much performing the song for the pastor before
0: anyone else sees it, yeah, so that he can approve. When you do before an audience, is it just for the the youth group or is it for everybody? That for everyone, sees it? okay. So that's that's why he's like, yeah i'm, I'm yeah. watching you little motherfuckers yeah exactly
1: <laughs> like i've been seeing this wu-tang clan around yeah. and this old guy goes by some dirty yeah bastard name you know it's like no it's not what we're about yeah we're about jesus and so little brainwashed kids <laughs>
0: uh, you hey man, you're just trying to get your stage time exactly that's <laughs> all it really
1: was and uh I I stuck with the Christian thing for a while. Yeah. Uh, Up
0: until like 2010. Yeah, I was going to say twenty twelve. I think I'm learning about you now that you are no longer. I'm not sure that I knew that. I still keep faith. Yeah. I don't keep it as true as others do. Sure.
1: Extremes that people go to, especially with social media around. Yeah. In the Christian community that is toxic as fuck.
0: And so, I I can't get down. Yeah. It's hard fully aligning with any large group of people, I've found. Yeah. You know? It really is. (laughs) Uh, It kind of discourages Mm -hmm. free thinking, you know? Yeah. And critical thinking and And individuality. Everything is polarized to the extreme so you're either
1: against it fully or for it fully yeah and that's hard it is yeah it's like a hard place to exist
0: yeah you know i feel like it would be just
1: exhausting i've always tried to keep a balance and so i've always played devil's advocate even as christian growing up like really do we have a sky daddy like yeah do we have a sky daddy? Is he just up in the clouds thinking, you know, watching over us and stuff, you know? Yeah. Nowadays it's more like, well, something created us. So that's whatever that was is God or what they call God. I think it's more of an energy thing. Yeah. 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 More of an abstract than a personified universe origins, human origins. There's, yeah, there's a lot of, Shit that's twisted. Uh well you were
0: talking earlier about came uh Joe, across the, the Joe couldn't... Rogan podcast. He said you listen mm-hmm. to that a lot Not yeah he, with him in my mind now, mm-hmm. reminded me of one of his old bits where he's talking about Noah's Ark. And oh, he uh, has yeah. this thing where he's like, you know I I can't remember how he said it. he's like, You could read that story to a five year old with Down syndrome and yeah, he's yeah, gonna yeah. go, Oh, I think there's some holes in that <laughs> story. Right, right? <laughs> Yep. Pretty much.
1: And and you know, it's uh Christianity over time was really just is picked and you pick and choose what you want to give to your people yeah. kind of thing. And once you learn that, it's like there's way more
0: to life than what you guys are about. Yeah. And I think there's <laughs> ways to, uh, to gain something. And, you know, some of the, some of the greatest people I know are very, very religious people mm-hmm. and are, completely unique in their own practices and the way that they adhere to those things. Yeah. I've seen it do good things for people. Yeah. As much as I've seen uh, overwhelming evidence of of the negative effects as well. Mm -hmm. What what I'm curious about is with your experiences in the youth groups and that Mm -hmm. being a, a priority, It seems like wherever you bounced around, you said that was a big deal. Yeah. What what do you think is the reason for that being such a focus, having these extracurricular things that are more fun? Like When I was in high school, Uh I had a couple of friends who would go to those things. Well, you can probably already tell the way, the way yeah. that I worded that would go to those things. Yes. You know, or like, you know, my brother would tag along with his friends mm-hmm. who were more religious and stuff. And I would always just be like, I don't know. I've met that yeah. guy. He's weird. I don't... I did. I don't think I can... Something <laughs> always just felt off like, like, uh-huh. some, like you're trying to get me to drink the Kool-Aid or something. And right? I never felt comfortable with it. And maybe that's just me being the whole outsider thing. I don't want to yeah. join anybody's groups, but... Uh, I never quite figured it out, and I wonder, uh-huh. f- from from your perspective, having gone through it at a younger age, and then maybe having different perspective on it now, like, what... Mm-hmm. You get out of school. You cut class. Really? Yeah. And I've, I've had
1: a teacher just be outright furious. He was like a true asshole, like, I am better than you type of teacher, and uh, just ironically holier than them yes yes right <laughs> <laughs> and uh i don't even front as a kid i was like yeah get out of this asshole's class by yeah. going to a church and and I mean, you know they have snacks when we get there yeah and so you know it was fifth grade and uh the last 45 minutes of your last class oh, and it so was you didn't always, even have to go back we would come back just in time for the bell to ring but uh oh really yeah that's silly i was cutting the class and i was taking kids out of his math class
0: oh so then you're the recruiter not like yeah (laughs)
1: yeah uh he did not like that i was you know in this recess you're like hey check it we can cut half the last half of miss i'm not even gonna say his name yeah yeah yeah
0: so he's the one (laughs) who everybody wanted to get out of the class already right yeah yeah yeah. so you're nobody liked it yeah none of the kids yeah okay everybody's going there to get out of this other thing mm-hmm. so you're going and hanging out is it a more light-hearted thing and then they because like from my understanding is there would be like a a fun thing like the advertised thing yeah the headliner on the flyer yeah. right? Yeah. and then at the in the fine print you know the <laughs> the opener is like oh yeah but you have to uh sit through a, a short lecture mm-hmm. to begin yes. the the thing that you came for that's like your that's right. your that's your cover charge it's like staying at
1: your the time. mission that's right yeah you got to go to chapel if you want to stay at the mission yeah. or else you pay their daily fee and i feel like, like that that's, yeah it's kind of the same i mean it's
0: not unreasonable they're throwing this thing mm-hmm. you know for their congregation yeah however i i just always felt a little odd about it It's almost, it's not quite a bait and switch because you kind of know what you're getting into, but Uh a little bit. Yeah. A little bit is, you know. So past that, Mm -hmm. where does music take you prior to the Cave Dwellers? Like, where are you in your late teens musically? I was still in youth groups and stuff and still
1: getting shows around town, churches Mm -hmm. as rap hip hop got more popular on the radio you could start singing hooks instead of having a get rah-rah over yeah. the beat they started coming around to it a lot more and i could conduct my own shows just by developing the name within the christian community here locally so you can throw a friday night show held at the church i could and yeah and you get a little turnout yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and we were doing big churches too like uh Eastside Side Face Center, uh, over next to Autzen Stadium. Okay. I think it's East Side, but, but yeah, like, like it got to where we could, um, you know, up until I met Big Blue, like we could pretty much call them up and they would hear of me or us, the group that. We have. So you know,
0: you were part of a crew at that point, not doing yeah, a solo thing. I've
1: I've always been solo and part of a crew at the same time. Uh-huh. Like I'm never doing anything exclusively solo. Pretty much, other people drive me and for motivation, inspire and stuff. you. Yeah, inspire me to like. And it's not really a competitive thing. It's more like, oh, people like, are interested, like a chemistry like, thing. Or like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. It's definitely got to be. Chemistry, <laughs> yeah. I feel yeah. Before I met Baloo, I was doing stuff with Derek, and we were Sons of Vindication. Mm-hmm. Even before that, I met a producer, mm-hmm. and he's going to go on name too <laughs> okay. because a lot of people know him, and he has done the scene dirty. All right, hardcore dirty, like I'll ask you right after the show <laughs> type of <laughs> motherfucker. Like that guy is he? He made. <laughs> My first solo album was yeah. uh, "Steak and Cheese" because uh, I'm Philly. You know, how <laughs> original, right? Hey, it's your uh, first record, man. Yeah, that's right. And so uh, on "Steak and Cheese," he he got all the beats, and he we we're kind of like signed to his local label. Yeah, never had paperwork. Always a verbal agreement. Um, did he give you the beats, or did you have to buy them? He tried to shop them to us at first, mm-hmm. and then he saw that we were actually really good. And then he was like, you know, let's put together something and make some money instead of me charging you stuff. And he had a couple of other guys uh, as part of a label going here. And it's in the days of uh, Black Mob and, and, uh, and the Valley Funk Mob. I don't um, honestly know what that is. The 90s. Man. Yeah. Ooh, the 90s. And I was never a part of that uh, secular, you know, secular garbage. Yeah. It was all, always wholesome Christian rap. So
0: did your soundtrack <laughs> change during those years as well? Like yeah. the stuff that you got into was no longer stuff that you mm-hmm. were playing? Yes. Okay. Yes. It, it got really,
1: really boring Yeah, for me. I had to find... Uh, like there's got to be more than this, you know, it, and of course there is, there's a big, a really, really big part of it. It's not just Toby Mac in your face. Like, uh, yeah. uh it's, it's not just, uh, you know, who's it? KJ five, two, uh, I have know, no idea. it's not just T bone. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, then that's when it, it hit me. That's, that's really when I went from, to like killing the mic, like yeah. just deface the fucking microphone in front of you yeah. and make it your your, your bitch, pretty yeah. much. And that's what I love to do. And once and that and because, you're good at it, man because there was no emotion with all the Christian shit that I was doing. Mm. There was no like there was no feeling behind the writing, even like. I could put words together and make them sound good. Yeah, which you without, enjoyed because it was
0: new. Yeah. And, yes.
1: And, exactly. But then you took the leash off. That's right. I did it, because I had been on a leash. Yeah. And like put in the kennel and forgotten about. Yeah. Once once I pretty much broke out. That's when the the whole do it yourself drive and motivation was just ongoing and just like a, it was like you, you wound a spring and, uh, and just let it go.
0: At that point you find this hunger. Yes. That's, and that is correct. Right. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what I feel when I listen to your shit is that like this dude is a hungry artist, Yeah, you know? And I don't mean like a starving artist. I mean like, yeah. Um, you have this insatiable drive yeah to your verses you know that's right and you have a body of work too i'm not trying to undercut that mm-hmm. either um but <laughs> but it comes through in the actual delivery of, yeah. of the music so entering this era and leading into the cave dwellers mm-hmm. how did you cross paths with big b so big b was always big in the
1: scene in the local scene yeah you can't you you can't not acknowledge that guy. He was one of the only rappers in town, <laughs> the local rappers that I knew of. Yeah, you know? uh, I had found uh I was on a show. It was our big show that we were going to make a bunch of money on, and we had Big Baloo. <laughs> uh, oh, how conceited! The and unknowing <laughs> of the you know of how shit actually works. We were because we got the greatest MC, you know, at the time to come out of this city. Yeah, the the best stage presence and the biggest commanding stage presence. Oh yeah, we got him to open for us. Oh, and I don't know why. <laughs> I I have
0: no idea why he agreed to it. Well, because um, he's so humble, he just wants to support yeah. and like. But it was at the you know. Vets Club. Uh huh.
1: <laughs> That was like my first like show that I was nervous for. Yeah, uh, because everything else was uh, at at a church where I felt overly comfortable at, mm-hmm. or it was at someone's house party where we could be stupid anyways. Yeah, you know? but uh, I almost had my first solo album done. Yeah, and this is like two thousand three. Okay, something like that. So Big Baloo opened for for me <laughs> I, at at a show that my stupid producer uh, and his team put on. You know they 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 had an agreement with the Vets Club mm-hmm. uh, that they would got like a discount to where we got it for free. Pretty nice. much the venue was free, and the acoustics in there are very good, but we made it work. I they have bunch shows of in there, shows there every once in a while. Anyway, all so all the so linoleum kinda, floors yeah, and yes,
0: <laughs> bouncing right. off all the walls.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness, that venue! But uh, yeah, so you know, late, later on in life, I came across him again because that was the first time I came across him, yeah. and he he didn't remember me, of course, and I only had faint. Uh, memory i knew who he was but only had faint memory of like how he was like i could only remember like looking up at a giant and yeah uh, and being like almost like this is as good as it gets locally and i'm in the presence of greatness totally so kind of that shock fanboy kicks in and you don't you know you don't want to bother the artist at work you don't want to bother the artist at all yeah you know so you just cower down and be like "Mm, how you how you doing
0: and i I like when you're doing the rapping and Mm -hmm. and i want to be like that yeah that's right that's (laughs) right that's exactly right and so
1: later on in life i came uh across big blue through uh like he he had the radio show oh yeah yeah. i submitted tracks to the local radio the 94.9 jams local radio hour and he was the host so you submit your tracks to him he came across some stuff and i i uh i was like i had this guy on a show and he was awesome a long time ago I submit tracks, he shows interest and says they're really good, mm-hmm. which no they weren't. <laughs> no. No, they they weren't that good, but of course he's that that guy and he, he's he's seen the potential and yeah. uh and so I started uh submitting more tracks and then I was like, "Well, you like them so much." I you know, this is in the MySpace days where I would message him and he would message back, uh, within the same day. Yeah. It's like faster now we we communicate and stuff. And I was living out in Venita and, uh, coming into his house for Bible studies because Mm -hmm. I had gotten him on a track with me and Derek for the sons of vindication and our album was coming out soon. And so I think we had him on at, at a show we invited him out to be on that track, and it was at Eastside Faith Center. Mm-hmm. And he came out and he did a show. And then uh, I was at that time I was the um, uh, mentor for high schoolers, campus life. Okay, and yeah. so. Um, So, I had him come out. So, you bring Big B
0: in the goods? I I bring him in.
1: Yeah. Nice. I I bring him in, and we do a show for this small Vanita Campus Life Youth youth Group. And he's like, we start talking, we start getting together, we start doing Bible studies like every week. And he would bring in um, some of his friends, and I would bring in a couple of mine, and uh, we would get together and Bible study. But then, you know, We tried to make it like, like the Bible study was all the front. Like, I had no idea that he had a home studio at all, because when I was over doing Bible studies and, you know, I would leave after Todd G left and Mm -hmm. the, the, oh, Todd G's big, big friend of big B, Todd Gobel Um, uh, he would come, I think he came out to one of them. Yeah, And then when he left, uh, Big Blue was like, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. You know, <laughs> we go walk back into his backyard and he opens the barnery, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I'm like, what is, you know, he's got his whole set up there. You've been there uh, at his old house yeah. at the barnery. And uh, it was like, uh, I'm a Christian rapper. But I haven't always been a Christian rapper. Yeah. And so, you know, he's he takes me under his wing. Yeah. And it was, man, it was what a great. Trip. Yeah. It was what a great. Feeling. Cause at that point I was like, this is what I've wanted. Locally, like. He just showed you what the back cave, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, he really did. He did. Yeah. And he he put me on game. Right. And, you know, from the, from then on it was like Everything that I wanted to do musically was with him, so I started producing beats for him. Yeah, because he had always wanted to put out a solo album, and I was yeah. like, "You've been around for longer than I have. How do you not have a solo album?" And yeah. then he, I, I produced like three, maybe four tracks
0: for his first solo. So you got a couple beats on that record?
1: Yes, I, I think, I think I was rapping on two. Yeah, and I made three. Nice. Eats. And then he got the posse cut I made the posse cut for the end of the album. Nice. So, yeah. It's good stuff. And speaking uh, of
0: posse cut, I was I was uh, glad to be on, on <laughs> the Cave Dwellers Posse yes, Cut. Yes. On that record.
1: Oh man. But, uh, and we, we shopped around for
0: like you had so many because you had the regular yeah. posse cut and yeah. then you had the bonus track posse cut with all different people. <laughs> I was like, right. God damn!
1: <laughs> we we did. We put out an all points bulletin. Yeah, and uh, we were like, it doesn't matter. Everyone that you know, because when I made the beat for that song, Never everyone better. we showed it to was like, I'm on, on it. Yeah like and yeah it was a banger we're giving it to every MC, like even people that we don't even work with on the regular like like paul wright we even shopped it to paul wright (laughs) and he was he heard it and was like i want to be on it and then you know he never had the time for it because he's a super busy
0: musician deep in the christian community (laughs) so uh, so so that record though how did um uh, you, you come off of Blake's solo record and start on Out of Hibernation. You form the Cave Dwellers. We do. But first, so we we, does- we went from Big Baloo's solo to my
1: second solo. Oh, okay. Which was Chris okay. Eculistian.
0: So he produced that for you? Like you did that at his place? or He helped a lot with it. Yeah. And
1: um, so I had the Chris Eculistian, uh, like, EP yeah form and it's kind of like eminem when dr dre scooped him up turned Mm -hmm. his ep into that slim shady lp yeah it kind of happened that way but i
0: worked on his solo first peace through music there you go (laughs) yeah yeah. so i remember hearing you on that and um hearing about your record and the Mm -hmm. title of it i'll admit (laughs) threw me off i was like yeah Oh, uh, one of Blake's friends. With yeah. The, yeah. The Jesusy thing. I don't know. That's right. I don't
1: know. That's right.
0: <laughs> I don't know. But uh but man, the tracks that I heard from you guys mm-hmm. I mean, there are ones like there's the one that Webb produced on that uh piece through music mm-hmm. that's like it is what I expected it to be for like a gospel rap yeah. thing, you know, right? Yeah. But a lot of the stuff I heard you guys do together mm-hmm. was very clever in that, like, this is just a banging-ass song, yeah, yeah. and it's loaded with, like, subliminal references. Yes. You're not, like, all in your face about it. Yeah. And, and, and in a way, it became more effective, because you weren't mm-hmm. preaching to the choir. Yeah. You're making shit that's appealing to the youth group. You're making shit that's appealing to hip-hop heads. Yeah. And, it's and they can still, make it on the radio. Yeah. and yeah. it's And it's loaded with... Um, all kinds of different references mm-hmm. that that sometimes you catch first glance sometimes you don 't yeah, and I really appreciated the subtlety and the level of detail that you were putting in Christian raps, you yeah, know like it took yeah. me by surprise yeah, I was like man i 'm kind of kind of loving
1: this <laughs> yeah, and so the uh the the whole chrissecul phase was was me pretty much like it 's the juggle, yeah like i i don 't want to be looked at as a christian rapper but also i hold the faith like there's there's i mean dmx is a pretty good example of he's a christian but not a christian rapper like yeah. and so chris Seculistian was me toning down the in your face you're gonna go to hell if you don't accept god's word and drink the blood of jesus christ in need of his flesh right now yeah you will go straight to hell and you will be tortured there by satan and his heathens because i don't want demons. to listen to that record yeah yeah <laughs> no nobody does but when i met blue it's like this regular ass dude just like me and he is super talented and we have the same interests, we have the same kind of background. He's just learning like the traditional Catholic ways, and uh, let's let's see what we can do, yeah, musically. And so when the dwellers first started, I stopped being in people's face and started focusing on lyrics. Yeah. And then that's when I lyrically just
0: grew into a monster. <laughs> no, <I didn't>, yeah know <laughs> yeah, I remember uh seeing like i I went to see Blake's new group mm-hmm. you know, and uh he and I had been working together for I don't know five or six years at that point, point. and actually when when I started rapping he he didn't necessarily take me into his world, but he came over here like the first day that I recorded one of the very first tracks for my first rap album ever. Yeah. And yeah. he was here and I was like, hey, um, would would you listen to this and just <laughs> tell me what you even think? Yeah. And it was this song where I had looped a tiny section of the big medley at the end of Paul's Boutique where it goes through mm-hmm. like eight different beats. Man. And for a second, you can just grab little bits. And I grabbed one and I looped it yeah. and I rapped for like two and a half minutes about these assholes that have been starting fights at shows yeah. and you know, awesome. I'm a peaceful guy. And so yeah. I'm going like hardcore lyrics on yeah. you motherfuckers yeah. <laughs> because I can't do anything in real life. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I just remember the beginning of like, the second verse. I, yeah. I, I said, uh, like I'm coming, 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 coming back to rip your motherfuckers' new assholes full (laughs) speed to your neck like you press fast forward, you know. And uh, and I'm watching Blake because, like, I know. He is a really talented MC mm-hmm. and and a lover of hip hop and we yeah. like a lot of the same music, but I also know that he's a religious dude yeah. and, and that's really important to him and I don't want to offend him. That's right. And I <laughs> push play on that and, and I had the big mixing console right over there at that point. Mm-hmm. And I just remember stepping back and like watching his face and he's like, Holy shit, <laughs> yeah. you went in on this. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. That's and like right. His reaction took me so far, yeah. With that first project of just like, oh man, like if yeah. this guy thinks I got something, like I gotta keep going yeah. with it, you know. Yeah. I was just on some like ice cube shit talking, right? Fuck you, right? And even like my Christian rapper friend is like, yeah, mm, you know. That's <laughs> so like getting his blessing was it meant yeah. a lot. And then fast forward a few years later. I think we had already, the Illusionist had already played some shows, Big B and the Goods, mm-hmm. and uh, he was friends with Dan, his bass player. Yeah. And um, he's like, hey, you got to check out this new group that I'm in. hmm And I, <laughs> I just remember being blown away, like, who is that young dude, though? Yeah. <laughs> like, I never heard of him. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's that's uh, Philly, you know, the guy who was on the Chris Seculist thing. I was like... "Yeah." No. What? Yeah, yeah. Holy shit. And then, like, I was an instant <laughs> super fan. I felt like I was your guy's number one fan. Like, That's I wanted right. to be in front row every show.
1: <laughs> oh, and I had a web beat on Chris Eculistian, too. I had actually two of them. Oh, wow. Ooh. Oh, man. Wait. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So um, long ago. I remember I the
0: one he did on uh, Out of Hibernation. Phenomenal. Yes. That was a he cut. He did phenomenal. That was for, a cut. Yep. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he did. Um, but that whole record was great because it was like I said, the way that it blurred the lines between mm-hmm. Christian rap and traditional yeah, lyricism and then that were the fact always that you there. have like modern <laughs> production but it still has such an old school sensibility like mm-hmm. for me it was just timeless hip hop and it was something that during the point where i'm digging back and mm-hmm. wed is is kind of teaching me and ogar is teaching me like uh i wanted to know about the things that came out when i was too young to hear it and like yeah. where where is the lineage for all this music mm-hmm. so i was really hungry for that education at the time and i was uh completely immersed in both the current and the yeah. old and then yeah. you guys come around and yeah. you're like playing that mm-hmm. While me and Webb are making the same kind of, you know, like, yeah, yeah, and, and it was, it was just, uh, we dropped the scene on their heads. Yeah, man, you yeah, really shook it up together, and it was, we, yeah. it was a breath of fresh air. You know, it was great. We did a buttload of shows together. Yeah, back then, you know, John Henry's, Diablos, mm-hmm. those circles with that place that was like the Muse Lounge and Joe's and whatever. Yeah. you know, they changed names a bunch of times. That and Joe's show was dope. now it's an apartment complex, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I I just look back really fondly on that period, and I think that might have been the first record that anybody asked me to feature on. I think nice, and I learned a lesson from that because at the time I was still mostly doing hardcore punchlines. Yeah, and um, yeah, Blake was like, "I really want you to be on this," mm-hmm. but you got to think in the context of like our record, you know. Yeah, and he didn't and, want you to curse, and I was like, okay, so yeah can I do this and still yeah. make it good and still make it me? You yeah. Know? Yeah. And, and that was one of those first little like tests of, okay, yeah, you're, you're going to be out of your element yes. can you pull it off. Can and when I it. turned it into you guys, um, I, the reaction I got, I was like, okay, fuck yeah and Uh, then and then i remember we performed it too (laughs) that's right and uh i was like the only person who had memorized my verse from the song everyone Uh else freestyled it that's right (laughs) and i remember coming in and doing it and um you and blake hyping me up yeah uh, on stage and i was like fuck yeah like okay cool i i did this like clean rapping thing that's right you know (laughs) like we 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 killed it together. I yeah. felt like, you know, and, yeah. and that so that was actually growth for me as mm-hmm. well was working with you guys. So that yeah. was that was a cool experience.
1: Yeah. And that track never better. Like you said before, we we had everyone get yeah. on that. We were like and, 10 motherfuckers. And I think you and Ender 1 were the oh, ones Oh, Ender y- Yes, he did. Yeah. And I remember uh, the, I was like, you, I cleaned
0: my shit up and he said,
1: "Yes, you yeah, exactly. Blake asked the same of both of you <laughs> and so you did you I cleaned listened. it up and he uh, he came into the Barnery to do his verse because uh-huh. I think he lived just around the way from where the Barnery was at the yeah. time and so he came in and pulled up his phone and did his verse that he had re- he he wrote it in like two days or whatever
0: he's yeah. he's a monster he's a fucking beast now I'm gonna have that motherfucker on this show to ask him about yeah
1: that experience <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he'll remember it too because we made it like he wrote us into the verse at the time yeah like his verse was like you know i was uh recording it mm-hmm. so he's seen me setting it up and setting up the beat and we were just fine-tuning everything and he's like press record j philly during mm-hmm. the and we're just like ah you know yeah. like overly like that was a great feeling in the studio. That was when the chemistry was like there. And uh, pretty much we were like, okay, so what we want to do is take the verses that we do have the most chemistry with yeah, and put them on the main song. Yeah. And then all the rest of them are going to go on the remix. And so End- Ender, we were going to do an extra verse to the regular song and put Ender as the last verse yeah but then we we're like let's just put him on the first verse of the remix mm. and have him start it off and it, he was overly joyed to be on the remix version yeah so it was uh, we went with your verse and Michael K's verse
0: on the oh yeah Michael yeah, K yeah Michael dude. K cause he's so dope you know that, <laughs> he was another one who like I knew him from working together yeah, um, yeah. and um, and once I s- started MC, you know, it kind of like, you know, I'd just be looking at these mm-hmm. elder statesmen, like, <laughs> you know, kind of yep. trying to gauge. And sometimes dudes would look at me like, I don't know what the fuck this guy's on. And, yeah. you know, and other yeah. times they'd get a kick out of it. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, he was another one who like, I... I remember going to his place and seeing his home studio, and yeah. he, he had his shit. Dial- I do. I saw his album at Borders. Yeah, they yeah. had his album at Borders, and they it was his... called "A Mastermind of His Time" or something like that. That was right. like, I'm like, damn, that's a bold, that's, right. that's a bold move, he dude. Was in
1: Fred Meyer really yeah i I seen him in Fred Meyer i picked up a CD uh, and that's when I was like man I want to do consignment with Fred Meyer to yeah, get right? over Freddy's so it, yeah. like, I I really like I think they still do it too they have a small local section
0: dude they don't even have a, a, a CD probably, section yeah, anymore yeah they probably don't even have I CDs was, I was there the yeah. other day and they had just gutted the whole uh, like gradually had gone from like six aisles yeah. to like one and now Uh, that aisle is gone and now it's just condensed to like three feet wide next to the dvd new releases i was like damn that's your whole catalog Uh, like i am running out of time in this life right right that's (laughs) right oh man it's changing too fast that's right i Uh, remember being at the physical stores i remember that so this is a good segue (laughs) because your second record Mm -hmm. was a digital release It was. Hip-hop push-ups? Yeah, exclusively digital. Both of you guys are your own MCs, Mm -hmm. beat makers, Mm -hmm. DJs, engineers in the studio. Yeah. So what was your your thought process in bringing in outside production for a whole project? Well, we were familiar with Webb already.
1: Yeah. I think we went with three beats on Out of Hibernation with him. Yeah. Uh, Phenomenal letters from the dwellers or something like that and then he had just this one more toward the beginning of the album but uh i'm gonna have used. to play that shit tomorrow I know. it's been a
0: minute and i love that it's album. been
1: so long <laughs> 2011 yeah we dropped it on blake's birthday by the way out of nice. hibernation and so we had paid for a thousand we did it the right way with the replica yeah and the barcode and we made it so that we could physically sell it in any store mm-hmm. and online. Yeah. And so we went the digital route, started learning. Like people were already up on game with that. Yeah. But we we we're, we knew we were left in the in the caves with that. And so Blake was more in tune with all the online promo. Anyway, I've never been good at it. Yeah. Like I've never been good at online anything. Yeah. And we kind of relied on him whenever he could remember to do some promos. And he showed me how to, you know, promo online, you know, Facebook and all. So from that to getting Webb, I mean, Webb was down. Yeah. Like, he was like, yes, I will do the whole, the whole exclusive album. Yeah, he album. was stoked.
0: I remember when like, uh, when he him told and, me about it. I him was like, oh, Blake, fuck yeah.
1: Blake had been going through like his beats, like Webb did. Beats like every day who'd come out with 30 new beats and put them on a CD <laughs> and give them to Blake. Yeah. Yeah. Because you all work together at the Guitar Center.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he would usually, he and I worked the warehouse together mm-hmm. and he would, we would leave on a Friday and on Monday, he would come in with nine or ten yeah. new tracks on a CDR and be yeah. like, hey, this is what I did this weekend. And I'd be like, Son yeah. of a bitch. Huh? I'm like, <laughs> can I have that one? Yeah. <laughs> you know, hey, like, hey, that was the process. And so like, yeah. I think that it was perfect timing because around 2012 ish, we had already been working on death of a salesman for a while. Mm-hmm. We already had the reintroducing stuff in the works. Mm-hmm. Um, we had just finished blowing up the bandwagon, which you and Blake Hell were yeah. featured on. <laughs> yes. And that was super fun. Devil yeah. in Skies, man. That yeah, was yeah. the shit. That was a good um, song. But yeah, like we had already gotten all this stuff from him and it he. he had either just come out or was mm-hmm. about to, and so yeah. I think he was still looking for a creative output. He's he like, was. I'm still making all these tracks. Where yeah. are they going to go? And you hit them right at the at the perfect time. That's right. He had so many CDs of beats,
1: and I would go through every one of them, listen to them, and you know make make notes. This beat's dope. We're gonna take that so i mean that's what we did without hibernation but then the second one came along and we were like okay we know we're going with webb for the whole thing and he's down and also we're gonna make it nothing but 80s samples yeah like 80s pop record samples like prince and mj just you know i think average white band was another yeah, one it's and, totally got like yeah, a very Janet
0: and, distinct feel to it i mean it's totally like some def jam 1985 shit yeah, you know like that's right like and sounds we like the we were old going, drum
1: machines and stuff well and that was just based off of the buzz we were getting from if you uh go off out of hibernation there's a record called on and on mm-hmm. and it's it's the old school flavor and yeah. i made that beat and once i Showed that to Blake. Blake was like, "It's you know, it's over now." Yeah, it's, it's just like, and once we did it, it shows, and people were like forming break circles. Yeah, like at random, we were like, "We got okay, we got to do something old school." Like we got to do and, an old and school. You tribute. guys could
0: flip those styles really well. Like, yeah, um, you would be doing your own flow and then just break into That's right. you know, some <laughs> the fucking old
1: school thing. Yeah, you know, yeah, yes, the old oh oh wow the old school cadence and delivery yep the
0: bubblegum pop flow that was great (laughs) so uh when that record came out and that was your guys last release Mm -hmm. um how did the let's say the end of the cave dwellers go what was the the that last chapter like for you guys
1: i wouldn't say it's the end of the cave Dwellers. we're still i mean doing but the end of not like
0: let's let's say uh the end of that era because you guys Mm -hmm. you guys were very prolific and played a lot of shows
1: we're still sitting on a third album drop that shit it's got to be dropped i know and it's still what's great is that
0: it's timeless is it done because you're gonna piss me off if you say yes it's not all the way done
1: (laughs) but it is pretty close to it's all written for yeah i think i recorded all my stuff for it Uh uh-huh Blake was going through some personal stuff, a lot, a lot of personal stuff. A couple years ago, and uh, I was a stay-at-home dad who had the extra time. Yeah, so Uh, you're just writing like a
0: motherfucker while he's dealing with real life. Yes, and so you guys, real life smacked
1: him in the fucking face. Yeah, and I wanted to be there a lot more than I could have been because Mm -hmm. I know that shit's tough. And uh, I got a job uh, because we fell under times. You yeah. Know, we'd, I just had to go back to work to make up for the money we, I wasn't making with music. Totally. Yeah. and I know that Yes, yeah, so I'm going to say, <laughs> you, you, you know that shit. So I went and got a job, and I still hold that same job now. But uh, once I got to 40-hour a week, I couldn't go over there all the time because I just crashed out on the couch at 7 p.m. Yeah. That's pretty much why... I, ain't shit getting done. Like, you're lucky you caught me on a weekend, on one of my weekends, like, because I'm busy doing just working or sleeping or parenting. Yeah. I always, I always shoehorn shit.
0: Sorry. (laughs) Uh, I'm all about the tangents, man. Yeah. That's why we don't, we don't script this show. We don't start with any (laughs) prearranged questions, nothing we've discussed. It's just, let's fucking wing it. That's right. Keep it real. Exactly. (laughs) You know? (laughs) The second
1: Dweller's album, hip hop push-ups. Yeah. That was a tribute to Big Baloo's friend Kason. Hmm. Never even met him, but uh he sure is a legendary either. local MC. Kason, He's never gonna hear this. Get at me. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's I, I don't I don't think he does anything online. So like he's He's one of the last real ones from our scene here in Eugene, is what I hear. I only hear yeah. of his the
0: legend of Kason. Huh. I get the feeling there was a big changing of the guard when, mm-hmm. when the illusionists, there cave dwellers, yeah. architects, yeah, Lomo and Asol, definitely, you know, overflow, that whole thing when that started happening in like oh mm-hmm. eight oh nine, ten 10, eleven. Yeah, I had never met Animal Farm yeah i knew Marvellis from our day job yeah. i knew michael k from our day job like yeah. you know i feel like big b was the only one who carried over from that period who was mm-hmm. still playing with all us young guys that's right and you know <laughs> I, I mean a lot of those people i wouldn't even meet until way later yeah a lot of them don't do music anymore and so there yeah. was definitely like a a generation gap happening there, oh, definitely. and like if there were dudes in the crowd at one of those shows, I wouldn't have even known them because yeah. you know I was probably 15 when I saw them That's open for right. so and so at the Wow Hall. You That's know, like
1: right. you know, <laughs> and
0: so yeah, there was this strange, just like little insular bubble that we all mm-hmm. we kind of created and
1: in... yeah, it was a passing of the torch. Yeah, and. I, uh, yeah, Animal Farm, I mean, I, I know a couple of them were from Eugene, a couple of them from Portland, but they were, when they, I don't yeah, know, it's, it's they just people, banned?
0: not to not, oh, not people. neglect that. Shouts,
1: shouts out to, actually, I have a nice little story on Sapient. Uh, a good one? <laughs> it's kind of not good.
0: <laughs> well, because I was would Maybe not tell
1: <laughs> Okay. No, he, wouldn't even, he probably wouldn't even remember this. This is my first studio. We played a trick on him. Oh, okay we pretended like i was the producer uh-huh. and i made this fruity loops whack-ass beat and tried to shop it to him like i was puff daddy <laughs> and like i was a, a big record mogul yeah and uh he came in and he valiantly spit a verse that i, I think he was just freestyling uh-huh. but uh over this whack shit like it said like better like my shit bitch i i like like i got on the mic and was like better like my shit bitch and used that as a sample and just would just like put it on a key and just better like my shit bitch like and he would he tried to rap over it and i felt like a dick but you know, it was funny in the moment. So there's a that's like
0: a Joaquin Phoenix really committing to your <laughs> yes, prank.
1: We did uh, be like, Oh, we're just joking and then we uh, were like, This is the real producer and, and showed him and, and Okay but I don't think I still don't think he wasn't feeling like <laughs> I don't think he thought that the beats were any better than the one I presented. Oh,
0: him okay. Yeah. Okay. And he's from Eugene originally. Yeah. He was the first local rapper I ever saw, actually. Oh, nice. Sapient was. Nice. He played in my in my high school lounge because he, mm-hmm. had, he had graduated, uh, I don't know, a little while before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he was Ogar Burrell's class. Last um, I heard, he was doing the CD Baby thing. What do you mean? He works there or something? Like he was, yeah. Oh, okay. Like That's he, cool. I don't I, even know what part. Fuck. I think I opened for him two and a half years ago and that's the last time I saw him yeah, yeah when we did the vacant eyes collaboration the remix stuffs yeah for morning uh, yeah the one with Lisa yes Um. but yeah I think that was the last time that I that I saw him God he's damn. cause he was in Portland for a long time and then just kind of showed up as an apparition, mm-hmm. he would just walk through the wall and yeah. he'd be like, oh, Sapien's in town again? And then yeah, he would disappear. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, you put out the second record digitally. Oh, yeah. And yep. still playing shows for a little bit. And then we
1: kind of reverted back to doing church shows again. Really? Yeah. And uh, I think our last show together we did in Coos Bay mm-hmm. uh, at one of his buddies' churches for their their whole church came out and it was, it was a great show. We did a lot of older songs from out of hibernation. We did like half of the newer album that we had out. And then we did two songs off of the new,
0: uh, unreleased, uh, unreleased uh, album forthcoming.
1: Yeah. So we only released a single Mm -hmm. off of that. And then I was going to release another something with like 500 likes on our Facebook page. Uh Uh-huh. I was going to drop that which is like our best song on the whole album. My my favorite. Yeah. I won't say our best. My favorite song off of that album and I don't think anyone's ever heard it because we never got that Man. 500 likes. Ah. You know when yeah. when you say it, it's got to happen, yeah. especially if it's online. Like, well, I uh, set I set the yeah.
0: uh, expectation there.
1: That's right. Yeah. You know, one one day if we get that 500 likes, <laughs> I can be that petty. You know, <laughs> we'll drop it eventually. We'll go back. I've shh, I, yeah. That'd be, hate that'd to be admit, fun to see, man. I think the last time that I hung
0: out with Big Baloo was at his birthday party held. Yeah. So. I felt really Damn it. bad not going to that. I was just in a anti hermit kick. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's five minutes away.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> it's five minutes away. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, no, studio. Right? I just, yeah, man, I don't With know. With this new house? I do I couldn't do it. it right, I, oh. I, felt, I, felt, I felt terrible. Yeah. And then like by the time like it was over, then I got up the will to go. I was like, yeah, yeah but it's... Well, Midnight. I didn't even know that you lived this close to to me,
1: and and yeah. when he just recently moved, we're all like in the same area now. Yeah, in this North Eugene. Yeah, yeah. And I've been in this neighborhood my whole life. I it's, um, it's funny how you know I never go outside anymore, uh, other than to work. Yep. Yeah, you know, I never get out to shows even. I I really want to be engulfed in the scene again. You know, I want that yeah. feeling. But I got to have ma- the material for
0: it. And I mean, so. dude, I, I appreciate you have come to support my shows when you haven't mm. been on them, and, yeah. and you've supported my records when you haven't been on them, uh, which I've is not tried. to say, like, you know, <laughs> had you on uh, Blown Up the Bandwagon for The illusionists. Mm-hmm. did have you on Bears Repeating. That was a fun collab.
1: Yes, yeah. The, it was uh, a good one.
0: The deluxe edition Yes, cut. That's a great and, song. And um, we're going to do a track on my new one yeah uh, I'm really excited to hear what you come up with it's
1: gonna be hard to match so. that like <laughs> what you gave
0: me so man I uh, I've just been on such a writing kick lately I've mm-hmm. honestly I've had you in mind for this album like I've had a short list of like who I want to get mm-hmm. and I've one by one, been checking boxes off the list. Nice. Usually it's just a matter of finding the track that I feel like, oh, I could hear that yeah, person on it. Yeah. You know, perfect. That's right. And this was one of those where it's like, no, I put the distortion on the mic again, like <laughs> the right. illusion shit. And I was just like, yeah. fucking doing some old school flow, mm-hmm. fast tempo, ripping it up. And yeah. I was like, I don't know if I need to do a second verse on this. It's was like, maybe it'll just be an interlude. Maybe it'll mm-hmm. just, it's the Philly track. That's like right. Like it just hit me in the face. I'm like, yes. Yo.
1: Yes. I know who's <laughs> going
0: to get down on some old school shit. That's right. So uh, yeah, man, I really look forward to and hearing you that. you
1: made that beat?
0: I did. Yeah. I actually did there uh, you go. nine of my own beats on this record. And oh, I made good. a few more, but I, I cut them to the better ones. But yeah, yeah I I did like, you know, I did Slubber to on, on Rear Form. Mm-hmm. I done them mm-hmm. here and there. I've finally gotten to the point last year where it was like uh, normally I would hear a sample and then I would give Mm -hmm. it to Gabe or to Crosby or, or somebody I thought could better execute what I had in mind. Yeah. But then eventually I know how to do what I want with this, Yeah. you know? Yeah. And so I did it. Not to get all about me, but yeah, I teamed up with, uh, you know, Josh Burrington, he goes by rock and roll damnation.
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: You have all vinyl DJ plays at level up that's right every week on Saturdays that's right he's an old friend of mine and, and I was making beats and I had like four or five and
2: mm-hmm. I felt like I passing. hit a wall yeah. with
0: what I was able to sample from Yeah, because I'm not like a crate digger you know Yeah, and I was like man and he where could I is. go somebody who I have a rapport with mm-hmm. who's a DJ who is not a producer yeah And I thought of Josh and I was like, hey, are there any songs that you've always wanted to hear a beat Mm -hmm. (laughs) sample, you know, but you've never, (laughs) but you've never done it. And he's like, oh my God. And he just Mm -hmm. starts texting me YouTube links to all these songs. Oh
1: shit. And he came
0: over with a pile of records one day Nice. and I just ripped a bunch of, ideas that he had and he never mm-hmm. came back he just let me do whatever i wanted to him yeah and uh one of those was the one that we're gonna do together all right so that that, that you know, guitar kinda, hit i mean bc boys was my first love you there know you go. and it reminded and like, me a lot of a bc boys track well what i was going for was like go cut creator go or like yeah. rock the bells i was like i wanted a yeah i wanted one of those kind of tracks mm-hmm. on there i did one with food stamp where he's actually live cutting the that's guitar right. break that's right but yeah i just wanted a couple of those old school ones you know just just keep that style that i so love that i yeah. don't get to do that much anymore it's a part of you it is you and gotta,
1: you gotta hit that nerve every once in a
0: while and another thing i i'll i'll say this to segue into dusted temple in that i felt like i had done a certain style for a while yes and and that that style of of me going solo for the first three records Mm -hmm. was a lot more confessional and and personal stories and Mm -hmm. and whatever and with this shit when i started working on it i was like man i miss going hard on shit yeah i want to i want to fucking you know i want to
1: wreck shit i want
0: to put my fucking fingers up and and go in (laughs) and and so like this song we're doing is one of those yeah and i i missed that and Mm -hmm. to rewind now a little bit I'm thinking twenty yeah, twenty thirteen mm-hmm. um was when like me and Webb started to have a little bit of a falling out. He left the Illusionist, but we still stayed in touch. Yeah. And a little while later he was like, so I got this thing. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't gonna tell you I wasn't <laughs> gonna tell anybody about it. Yeah. But me and Philly and JJ, you know, mm-hmm. it was like we, we got this thing going yeah, on yeah. and we pretty much have an album. I was like, Oh Yeah, that was fast yeah yeah um, and it was all behind the scenes in the shadows like in secret yeah I heard some of that shit you guys were working on I was like oh my god this is like this yeah, is it man yeah. like he you know the illusionist had some cool shit but it was always developing and evolving and then once we finally got it figured out mm-hmm. we fell apart yeah and yeah. then he took everything he had learned as a producer, you know, like learning from working with abilities and stuff and like really getting his sounds dialed in. Which he's got it. Yeah, man. Like the difference between like our first three records and then like the stuff we did on death salesman and, and the stuff that Mm -hmm. uh, he's doing now with dusted temple is like, yeah, just the mixes are fucking banging, you know? And, And so I was hearing that, just right off the bat and of course your cadences and 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 patterns over his very percussive yeah beats worked so well together i was like this this is the thing this that's is right. what needed to happen that's right and i remember me and Ogar recorded verses for mm-hmm. that album and then and it never came out he's like dude we're already past that Mm-hmm. I think we're gonna throw it away. So, <laughs> and then you guys did that again. Not to get too far ahead, oh but like, but like, yeah. you guys got on such a creative kick <laughs> that uh, I got to know more about that. Like, yeah. how how the fuck. Did you get on such a snowball that you made an entire album, mm-hmm. threw it out because the second one was better, and then yep. threw that out because the third one was better? Yeah. Is that the story? Is that yes. right? Yes. All right. Yeah.
1: Spill it. Okay. So when, when I got my job, it was because he was working at the place where I work now. Yeah. And he had lost his, his housing situation. Uh, like oh you yeah the, the house downtown yeah and so um i was like yeah you can come stay here yeah and um and so once he moved in i gave him the studio my home studio mm-hmm. i've always had a place set out off to the side similar to this but yeah. only not as dope <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, um, uh but you know i, I I live in the studio and I got an MPC studio mm-hmm. and I think that's really when shit went from, I don't remember. He always calls it a mutual collective, a uh, mutual of admiration artists. society. That's right. That's, what that's he right. Says. That's right. Uh, that's what we are. But I mean, Dusty temple like form, like we started getting tight in it with shit yeah. once he moved into my house. And so, um, we had done, <laughs> so we had done side songs and we had done enough of them to put something together. And then, uh, he was like, well, we could drop this. And he, I think he dropped a couple of songs.
0: Yeah. You had singles. There. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, I didn't even know about the group until maybe two or three months before he moved into my house. Mm-hmm and so i was part of the group you know they didn't have a main mc they yeah. only had like peeps that they were collabing with and making beats for and so like so far i was one of them and um i think they there was a couple other well, yeah i think like matt's M- and ogar songs. and yeah.
0: like even at one point he threw it to me and i was yeah. busy with a different project at the time and like yeah weren't lomo and asol involved at some level or they were or? Yeah, yeah. Like I just remember this. Uh, mm-hmm.
2: uh, it Once started he... out being,
0: from what I heard, the tracks I heard anyway were mostly you two. Yeah. But then it started growing and growing as like kind of a, a kind of a new overflow. We tried
1: to we tried to bring in other people to the society. Yeah. Uh, officially, we had made a bunch of people part of this Dusted Temple uh, Mutual Admiration Society, and um, then. Like, there was only a couple dudes that came through. Yeah. It's uh, hard to get that it's hard many to, yeah.
0: people organized.
1: We tried to form a super group. Yeah. And it didn't work.
0: Well, I wouldn't say that.
1: Well, I mean, it <laughs> I worked. <laughs> I wouldn't <but> say that. <laughs> yeah. We tried. It, it used to was going to be bigger. Maybe not crew, even bigger. I don't yeah. know. It's, it's, I think we got wise. the super group
0: part down. And then
1: he moved in, and we finished out the second draft. Mm-hmm. Which was entirely different album than what it is now. I had the f- the third draft of the first album was done, and he moved out of my house and moved on to Corvallis. Yeah, and he was still sending me beats. Yeah, like st- he's always sending me beats. Yeah. and so it's like, what can I do other than like purge some of the beats? Like, I have to get meticulous and critical with yeah. this beats now. Like, that's something that I never did, and it's because he just has so many, and he's so dope with it. Yeah. And so... Well, and that's why he's a
0: great collaborator, man. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the illusion has started... Like, I had already just put out a rap album in yeah. January, and yet in February, he and I wrote 20 songs. Yeah. 18 of which became the first album, you know what yeah. yeah. like? Yeah. <laughs> and because I finally found a guy who was mm-hmm. as hungry for it as I was... That's exactly ...who in right. his field... Was just as prolific, yeah. And our styles met mm-hmm. perfectly in the middle. And then, like when you guys found that, I was like, "Oh my god, this is yeah. this is amazing that like lightning has struck <laughs> twice." And it's not just like, "Oh yeah, I'm starting this other project." It's like, "Oh no, there's another MC yeah. uh, producer duo <laughs> who is you know working at this incredible pace and in cranking out mm-hmm. these." old school fucking yeah. bangers you know yeah. again i was so stoked slash disappointed yeah when i was like when is that shit coming yeah, out yeah yeah so you're working on third draft mm-hmm. or are you just going god this one's just better there's no room for these or yeah I mean, um what was that process of, of narrowing so it to the final track list
1: for me it was more like i get a beat you know if i'm feeling it i'm gonna write it and you know, write the whole song to it. Yeah, I I worried more about who else we could get on songs, mm-hmm. and so to be prepared for other MCs, I wrote the rest of the album in the meantime. Yeah, seriously, Doug and and uh, and Metz were the only two we had on. Yeah, the last draft, like the final draft of that first album. So and
0: honestly, I think it's good because mm-hmm. it really showcases your chemistry and the new direction for each of you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's right. Um, I remember when it first came out, I was driving to the coast that mm-hmm. weekend. <laughs> and so I was able to actually just put it on continuously on the drive, nice. you know, and, and take it in, man, it was a trip. Yeah. It was a trip to here. <laughs> like he warned me beforehand. Cause, uh, you know, you like to go in on motherfuckers, you know, yeah. you like to rip up the mic. I do. And I, i was like dude i can't wait to hear philly fucking devouring these tracks and he goes yeah. but there's no doo-doo rhymes i was like wait what he's like there's no rapping for rapping yeah he's like every song is is conceptual in its own way and i was like every song has oh, a concept it. so that's that was <laughs> another I heard it though that was another part of the
1: evolution of it too yeah was the f- the those doo-doo raps were the first songs that we had together yeah. that got scrapped because they weren't what it was supposed to be. Yeah, And I had started writing the, the songs for a concept album. The, the whole concept being, you know, this, there's so much, like, social media is so overly saturated with yeah. dumb, ignorant fucks. No. It's, <laughs> no, it's it's pretty much uh it's the struggle of the normal person just buying into everything that people are saying politically just all over the span of social media. It's kind of like a social media guide of what not to do. Yeah. And so like songs like Grumpy Lumps.
0: I was going to ask about that specifically because it <laughs> reminds me of other storyteller songs kind of like henriana log bottom mm-hmm. or like that's a that's a felt track if anybody's mm-hmm. wondering you know there's a there's a couple like kind of throwback style story songs yeah. where they create a character yes i might have gotten in advance of that track actually not a think but because he nice. would send me little things like hey we finished it you want one he like, does like yes, teasing it he likes teasing <laughs> him to you i don't
1: know why he uh, just gets a thrill out of teasing them shits
0: but uh yeah so
1: yeah. Tell, tell me about that one same same thing happened recently he just uh sent me no fucks capacitor yes so which is dope too but uh, yeah he uh, likes teasing shit
0: by the time this comes out on tuesday we will have released actually so we can i (laughs) I can mention that that web and i reunited the original two illusionists oh, <laughs> for no fucks capacitor and that that track i'm gonna drop it tomorrow on saturday so, yes so it will have been out a couple days by the time people hear this um Sick. but yeah man he i was on a writing spree and i had written two songs that day and i was about to go to bed and i was like yeah. oh i got a couple lines i need to write them down huh. so i came out here And pretty soon the four turns into eight. And I was like, okay, I need to pick a beat to use because I'm going to do this. And I didn't didn't like anything (laughs) I had for this. I was like, oh, there's that one in my email from Gabe. I'll pull it up. Mm -hmm. And the link expired. And I text him. And he happened to be on his phone right then and goes, oh, I'll resend it. And it was samples of uh, a certain score that made it very nostalgic. Um, <laughs> in that we used to sample old Batman Danny Elfman scores, yeah. And this was a perfect supplement in a in a, a, a twist. Mm-hmm. And it was a fucking banger. And it was fast like the old shit. And it was yeah. epic with the strings. And I was like, hey, I'm gonna trim this just down a little bit and mm-hmm. just rap nonstop, super fast for a long time. Yeah. Like the, you know, yeah. like the old shit, That's right. but no mic passing, just going. Yeah. That's when I started fucking around with the distortions again. Oh, um, yeah. Cause I was like, this has got to sound, I sent it to him and he's like, man, this is great. And then I went back to it the next morning and I was like, but now I found the right distortion. Yeah. I sent it back, and he's like, oh, okay, yeah, no, this is, this yeah, yeah, is yeah. the one. You yeah. figured it out. Yeah. And uh, he's like, throw away that other shit. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, like, once we got that, I was, I was fucking stoked. It felt super good to do that. Mm-hmm. And at the anniversary show for the tenure of The Illusionists, February 3rd, mm-hmm. you're going to be there That's right. doing a song, a Dusty right. Temple song during Web Set. And I'm gonna do no fucks capacitor during the web set as well. So Good. we're gonna do he's, as he put it, uh, we're gonna pass the torch. And it's gonna be the old school and yep. the new school. That's right. Um, and we're gonna <laughs> do them together in his set. That's gonna be super fun. Nice. But yes, he does like the teasers. He does. Um, back to your your <laughs> grumpy lumps track. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, tell me about the character and, and why that was created. When I heard the beat originally,
1: I was like, I could get down to this anywhere. Yeah. Like, it's an all-around great beat. The the hook is the first <laughs> thing that came to mind. Yeah, uh, just that scheme. She keeps doing the same, playing every man like he's new to the game. Yeah. I was like, I got to do a song about shitty female behavior. <laughs> And don't worry, because I'm gonna balance it out with. I've already made another song called "Money Chumps" for the shitty male behavior. Yeah. So, uh, but "Grumpy Lumps" came to mind uh, just going over stuff like to sing to that beat. Yeah. And I, I it hit the hook, and then I was like, I have to go over every shitty female behavioral experience that I've had working in the music industry and so you personify it all wrap it up into one yes character one one character and her name is grumpy lumps yeah just pretty much whatever is uh toxic in today's society especially online social yeah. media and uh grumpy lumps grumpy
0: lumps in the fuck me
1: pumps, that's what that's i remember right, that's <laughs> right that's right black dress and the fuck me Pumps. Yeah. that's right and uh Money Chumps is coming out on the second on the next
0: record. Record. So the second uh, album. I wanted to Webb doesn't even know that either. I so w- I, well, he's gonna he's be gonna learn. Yeah, he's gonna be surprised uh, to know. So he told me that uh you guys are gonna be playing Code Three. Yes. On uh February third. So that song also stuck out to me mm-hmm. uh lyrically, just given some of the shit that we uh have to yeah. take a hard look at yes. right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought it was cool that that you went with kind of a, a political angle yeah. on it's the record. The whole I've heard you done do that before.
1: I usually don't get political, yeah. but I kind of had to come down to that level to get the concept right. Like I had to immerse myself in that shitty social media and like be a product of that environment just to make that record so you felt like you were doing your homework yes. just by participating in that yes yeah. and i started writing the concept when i made a turn because i was like buying into it playing into it letting it I, affect you and
0: stuff or yeah what you-
1: well as an artist i'd always been used to performing mm-hmm. and that's all social media is yeah. is a performance and so that's when i was like fuck yeah i got my concept you know i'm going to go with the personification of social media yeah and a guide to what's how bad it can get and 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 the benefits second track off of that album is this nice like peaceful setback and look at like uh what could happen if it went the right way mm-hmm. what has happened in the past and what we can do now to change it. And so there's a lot of conspiracy theories that are thrown into the whole record as well. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what Dusted Temple is about anyway, is the whole, the temple is your, your place of worship and the, the music is our deity. Yeah. And so, uh, it's a society as well. And so you look around, there's other societies as part of, uh, a whole bunch of shit that I won't even go into because it's all conspiracy theories <laughs> that people are just going to label me as a tinfoil wearing hat motherfucker.
0: Yeah, back to but, Joe Rogan. Yeah, He's, yeah, right? I, I'm not that host. I don't know <laughs> yeah, how to handle exactly. that, that conversation. Yeah,
1: I, I, I decided to go deep.
0: Well, and something I wonder that's what is, I pulled out was this album. With this being your debut, and obviously you guys spending a great deal of care and time on what is the first album mm-hmm. that people hear. Yeah. Um it's a risk though Big to put risk. out a concept record like this or something with social commentary and political mm-hmm. connotations as a debut. Yeah. I mean, was that calculated in any way or was it just the fact that it was like, you know what, we wanna make a unique statement with this? Mm-hmm. For me it definitely was a statement
1: I had always been, doo doo rhyming it. Yeah, even with the cave dwellers, I played into the doo doo rhymes. I'm bringing you back to it. You you will, but I'll, <laughs> I'll find I'll find a way to flip it. Uh, but the the whole concept thing, it was it was definitely planned. Yeah. Once I knew what I wanted to do with it, it took me a month to write through it all. Yeah. I've got songs about what was currently happening happening uh the whole uh natives at in north dakota mm. dapple and yeah. all that that's the first song on the album but that was the last song that i wrote for it really i began the album with the one i ended writing kind of um like i wrote it backwards yeah, because the first th- one I wrote was all the stars, and it's at the end of the album, yeah. so it's almost like I wrote it in reverse and ended it.
0: It it's weird. It flipped like that. One thing that happens to me is I'll find that like um, there's something outside of me and outside mm-hmm. of my bubble yeah. that's happening in the world yeah. that gets to a breaking point where everyone is. Is going in on this mm-hmm. thing and yeah. it's one side against the other and That's it's right. talking points and it's this whole thing. Yeah. And then I I can't take any more of it and so I make a statement. Yeah. And I break it down in a song. And usually yeah. it's a long fucking song, you yeah. know, where yeah. I'm like, ah, everyone's missing the point. Yeah. You know? and yeah. and once I get that song out of my system, then it's like Okay, now I can go back to the record, you know. Yeah. And so, like, I've gotten in a habit unintentionally. People yeah. will be like, "Uh, like, oh yeah, that so like wildfire." That's gonna be the, the like, you know, yeah, the the political right. rant song on yeah. the next record. I was like, oh, "Shit," I kind of do have that like algorithm yeah. going for me now
1: like it, fuck yeah. it's not it's not
0: like i have like hmm what's the quota this time it's like no you motherfuckers yeah. get me riled up that's right but um, <laughs> I think it's interesting in you doing that to to an extent of going there's so many angles on this yeah I would rather touch on it through Almost like a book, you know, I'm just going to yeah. do, I'm going to do chapters on it instead of just like making this brain vomit of a, yeah. of a, of a diatribe, That's right. you know, that That's right. I tend to go for. Man, maybe we should just really go all the yeah. way on this idea. Well, I did use a lot
1: of people's narratives mm-hmm. against them because I do that a lot. I even did that with Christianity. Yeah. I will debunk mr christian
0: reimer any day of the week yeah you know i like doing that stuff yeah, too it's so great it's a test it's of the fun. wits as yeah. well you it, it really like is. It is like i'm gonna challenge myself by challenging this one that's work. right and, that's and some and, battle shit right there it, it really it is. is yeah and and
1: and uh the with the with putting it in the concept form i i I was playing into it and that's the farce Mm. and I was doing it all the time. That's habitual. So that's that's why Webb named it. That is because it's the, all the, I brought in all of everyone's viewpoints, not just my own beliefs and narratives, but like everyone. And so it's the, the whole concept is throwing everything in and this is what you get. This overload of back and forth. And so it was pretty much my observation on,
0: all of social media well it's a great record man i yeah. i really hope that with the the next project man that you guys get out on stage you know yeah. that you get the record out you yeah, know yeah. i wanted that <laughs> shit in my hands yeah um you know when i did the the best of list episode the other day mm-hmm. as soon as i hit the 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 publish button on that i was like fuck <laughs> there was the the dusted temple album was digital no, there shit. was the the toy friend which is eased in uh Lewis mm-hmm. logic and mm-hmm. uh was digital and like i started listing off all these like oh fuck there's all these good because i when i'm making it, i'm looking at my record shelf going like okay what came out from this year yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. okay cool let's do this <laughs> and uh, i was like oh fuck i don't have that in my collection like i want to have you guys shit up on the wall man like that's right (laughs) uh it's a good ass record and i really i really hope that people hear it man you guys got to get on stage and take it to the people
1: that's what i need to do because as far as being on stage as part of the dusted temple i've only done two shows for dusted temple yeah and we've been doing this together me and, and Webb and jj and and even JD. Yeah. We've all been doing this uh, together it's like five for... five years it's almost. It's like five years. Yeah. Four and, or five years. And it took us at least three to get through to a good standing point where we could put something together and put it out to the people.
0: Well, and now you you have a sound, you know. Yeah. And, and you guys... Have, have fine tuned it, yeah, and and come up with something that I I would assume that you guys are very proud of because it's it's a good ass record. And again, like I said the, at the top of the, the yeah. episode here, you know, you're one of those dudes that's just flying under the radar <laughs> of like, you know, I've <laughs> the got all this like gold to up my sleeve, but yeah. like, you know, uh, like I feel like you're not the first person that somebody's going to name. But, like, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, if they heard that shit, man, you got to get out. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what you said earlier about, like, oh, yeah, you know, I'd always defer to, to Blake for that. Because, you know, Big B has the, the promotion. He's out uh, in the public guy all hat, the time. You know, on all yeah. the time. But, like, you and Webb, you're both... The like, yeah. The backseat creative types, right. you know, like that's, that's why no one's ever heard of us that's, yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm saying like, yeah. you, you guys got to figure some shit out. Get get yeah. out there on stage, man. It's like,
1: funny. JJ was like, hey, uh, you know, because because the the album's up on Web the Free Range Human Bandcamp. Yeah, and he was like, hey, our debut album is still not on our
0: own Bandcamp. Yeah, because it's well, he's the yeah, producer. Honestly, I he's think. The formulator at a certain point I used to do you know like illusion stuff over here and like mm-hmm. other projects over here yeah. and like eventually I just put everything on my one take, take 92. 92 page cause it yep. was just like there's too much that's right thing. well and I guess luckily it had that th- kind of third party name that yeah. worked for that but eventually it was just like this is too much yeah. back that's and what forth I, tried I want to do. everyone to go to one
1: yeah. thing I but. tried to get everyone on Phil DeBeast records yes yeah yep. and uh tried to have uh kind of like a, a one one hub for them all, you yeah. know, sort of thing. Uh as it's kinda like okay player.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well shit, on that note, um you can go to web the range human dot bandcamp dot com. That's right. And check out the habitual farce album. I'm gonna play mm-hmm code three here at the end of the episodes and get a taste of it and uh and get excited for that show show. yeah Yeah. exactly february 3rd at the hi-fi here in eugene Mm -hmm. Uh, it's going to be delusionist and web is going to be busting out a bunch of his new mpc tracks including our our new collab no fucks capacitor and the the brand new Dusted temple cut from their new album Code, called three. code three so yeah. uh we'll, we'll get into that but it's gonna be a hell of a fucking show oh yeah um i, I can't wait <laughs> to be on stage with you again yeah. man it's been yeah. a long time but uh, yeah dude thanks for being on the show it's been a long time thanks coming. For having uh, me over yeah man yeah all right that is our show thank you so much for listening checking out new talent like this again subscribe to us and stick around for that brand new trap code three by Dusted Temple. It's off their new album, The Habitual Farce. You can get that at web webthefreerangehuman.bandcamp.com. Check out the Illusionist 10 year anniversary show February 3rd here in Eugene at the Hi Fi Music Hall. We'll be rocking this shit live in your face.
2: It's a code three. You don't need to know me. We can both see what's really going on. It's a code three. You don't need to know me. We can both see what's really going on. Fast production to combat mass corruption. Land grab snatched from the hands of the public. The next president, muffet is already determined. We're expected to accept it and live like common vermin. I'm pissed off and I hip a flip-flop is in order. Weaponize hip-hop and just watch it fall before you. I call the minds prime to paint the town with sound design. No talent found fine We got a mountain to climb. So break out the basement. Times not in the budget, erase race. How you were trying to fight all the injustice Brothers and sisters alike have all been struggling. We need to recognize why they try to keep us separate. We're stronger together the longer we weather. This is a code three. Gone past anonymous letters. Of and help to the smoke and the mirrors, hell push. The hardened agenda, sphere tactics, distract from deceptions. I see blood puddles and hear blood curdling screams. But can't tell whether it's us or the police. And us are the police. The brothers in blue races, they wanna deny what we run and a surveillance obvious and they don't want to admit it so what goes through the simple mind of a bigot superiority complex has gone to the limit and it's fucking the justice system like a conjugal visit this is code 3, you don't need to know me we can both see what's really going on this is code 3, you don't need to know me we can both see what's really going on, it's the blue suit hated by most of America, scaring you with the barrier, words of malaria they carry a Glock 9 and use it to defuse a fight, shoot you in the back and take away your basic human rights, they're in with the mainstream media making sure it's only the crazy shit they feeding you they eat it up because it's how to survive when the shit fly off the handle they couldn't handle the fly mace in the face and i just After asked for the time the case gets erased what could have been blue line simply put the systems give the shook feelings. since they turn innocent civilians to hood villains history will prove what's legal don't we'll make it right ain't a mystery to me why the people were saying fight i'm sick of seeing police go to reach and take a life if you can't protect the server, get paid, to take a hike we got riots in the streets violence hitting Sirens don't silence your bias when you're hiding your beliefs. Corruption in my town, we all gotta keep up with that. They don't do traffic stops unless, unless it's in another a- black. They plant evidence and take them to the station. Cause drug laws were designed to cure the bacon. See, they don't care about the Michael Browns or Freddie Grays. They'd rather run you down and shoot you in the pretty face. It's a code 3, if your safety's what you care about, hold your camera phones high, gotta air them out. It's a code 3, if your safety's what you care about, hold your camera phones high, gotta air them it's out. A code 3, you don't need to know me. We can it's all about the salary. They pay back in brutality. It's a code three. You don't need to know me. We can it's all about the salary. They pay back in brutality. It's a code three. You don't need to know me. We can both see what's really going on. It's a code three. You don't need to know me. We can both see what's really going on.